We all carry unique histories and unseen feelings that, if acknowledged, might help us to bridge our differences. Welcome to Sidewalk Ghosts with Richard Radstone. Short, open-hearted stories that reveal the wisdom and vulnerabilities of unique strangers and confirm just how much our individual influence has upon the world we share. I had a friend in high school and he, to this day, and he was one of my best friends, he, oh, here we go, this happens. <laughs> um, great, great friend. And he had a facial deformity and people would say, oh my goodness, I can't. Okay. He uh, had a, it was like a, his cranial, cranium something. He was very badly deformed. Everywhere we would go, people would stare at him. And I would get so mad, you know, I'd be like, <laughs> you want to stare at somebody? Stare at me. What are you staring at? You know, he's got a name. He's just like you. He just looks different. I met him in high school. Crazy driver. My friend and I were in the back seat, didn't even know him. He had a truck and we thought we were gonna die. Later on, fast forward, I don't even know how long, and he's like a brother to us. And we are just such good friends. He knew things about us. We knew things about him that nobody else knew. Just a good friendship. We laughed together, we cried together. His favorite words, now this was way back in the olden days, in the 80s. And his favorite word was, oh, what would he say? Shine, oh, shine, you're shine, shine. Uh, that was one of his favorite words. His laugh, always laughing. Um, his keys, he always had his key, he must have, because I'm hearing his keys on his hip right now. Big dork. I'd make fun of him right now. They must have been on his, like, what do you call it? The his jeans. I wasn't go go go. Let's go, let's go somewhere. Um, Tower Records. Let's go check it out. Let's go. You know, top of Topanga. Let's go here. Let's go. Always go go go. Just living life. David. How did he die? Uh, he was beat up. By schoolmates or just random? Random. Yeah, and he passed. It was more than one guy. It was a couple guys that beat him up. And so severely so that he went home and crawled in bed and he never woke up. Out of the gates, today's stranger now friend, Tracy, bravely lets it go. As with tears in her eyes, she speaks of a tragic death, of a life brutally ended, and of shared times remembered. Always go, 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 just living life, she honors his legacy. His name, David, she reverently whispers. And as she speaks of the senseless attack he suffered, the haunting faces of the assailants fog my heart. My positive outlook jolted as I pondered the motivations for such a cold-blooded assault. And to be perfectly transparent, I'd be a liar if I did not state my hopes that the killers have, in some way, suffered similar pain. Yet as I faced my anger and readying to pick up my pitchfork, I look back to Tracy, who, with no guile in her countenance, somehow calms me. 
yet there is more. My dad that made me lived about an hour and a half away, Whittier, and I was the weekend kid. So my grandparents would come and get me and take me from my mom's kicking and screaming that I remember because I didn't want to go um, to his house. But then he dropped me off at my parents' house. Uh, he didn't want me, but he wanted my mom not to have me more. So it was just kind of like everybody wanted me, but didn't want me. So it's like, which way? Um, then my uh, dad who made me moved to Utah. Um, his favorite words were, quit your bitchin'. Uh, his day off, I remember, was on Wednesdays, and he would go golfing. Sometimes he would stay home, and I'd hide behind the neighbor's car with a tennis ball, and I'd huck it at his car and make the alarm go off. And so he'd have to come outside, <laughs> and I'd be hiding behind, like, the wheel. And he'd look around, get all mad, go back inside, and whoosh, do it again. <laughs> yeah, I remember doing that. And I used to, I, instead of becoming the weekend kid, I would be the three-week uh, summer kid. And my favorite place, this is when I was eight years old, I remember this distinctly, um, fly out of Burbank, and my favorite place to be was in the airplane because I wasn't this kid and I wasn't that kid. I was just alone. I was just alone, Tracy reflects. An emotion I wonder how many of us have felt in our lives. A feeling that, for eight-year-old Tracy, meant comfort. A loneliness born out of a broken family, as well as the abusive fathers. Perhaps even reason for teen years that led to more than throwing tennis balls at a parked car, but rather grounded an adolescent chapter that grew at times to rebellion, while at others, isolation and even fear. Her mobile phone rings and it's Tracy's mom. In respect, I sit back as she picks up a short speakerphone chat, and as I vicariously listen to what presents as a delightful parent-child moment, I take in what seems to be all so loving and maternal. So I have to ask, how did your mother cope with it all? I would come home from school, and people that say money buys happiness, wrong. Um, I would find her sometimes in the closet, like in the back, of, not in the closet, in the closet, like in the back corner of the closet, sobbing, um, hearing the fighting at night. Uh, during the day, just, I wasn't allowed to leave the house. I can't remember why, but I was probably grounded. I was always grounded. Um, but I would go to the end of the street and there was a shrub and I would just like sit because it was better than being in the house. A, lo a lot of um, tension. Uh, yeah, she got it too. Um, he passed uh, 17 years ago, almost 18. And my mom doesn't remember a lot of it. If we try to talk about it every once in a while, I'll bring something up. Um, she, she says she doesn't remember it. One particular time when it got really bad. And social, or not so, what? They sent me to school 
who's going to beat the crap out of their kid and send them to school? <laughs> you know, you can tell. There's when you hurt somebody, you can tell. And they sent me to school, and the teacher sent me to the nurse, and the nurse had to call, and so a big circle. Um, she doesn't remember it. But there's some point where you've got to, you, you can't blame mom and dad. I mean, good night, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, you can't do that, but forgive and not forget. I don't know. How do you forget? I don't know. She remembers sitting in the shrubs. Her mom's memory shadowed of Tracy's trauma, not even the beatings. Yet, as I reimagine the mother-daughter conversation I had just witnessed, I think about Tracy's reference to forgiving, but not forgetting. A thought that perhaps offers an entry point to a tender mercy that, as I once again look into the face of Tracy, radiates in the life she's currently living forward. She shares a hidden secret. One time there was a lady in, and I probably shouldn't have done this because she probably thought I was like gonna come get her, so I don't know. Um, she's in a car and she's just bawling. And so I'm like, tap, 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 tap. And she rolled down her window and I just hugged her. And it took her a second, <laughs> but she, she hugged me back and she hugged me hard. And I just walked away. And then there was, um, a, I had just gotten a frosty. You gotta have yourself some ice cream. So I just got myself a Frosty and there was a young girl sitting on the curb crying. So I got out of my car, I gave her my Frosty. I said, I haven't touched this. And I just hugged her and I said, you're gonna be okay. And I just walked away. I probably scared the crap out of these people, but um, I've never told anybody that in my life. My cuckoo, my cuckoo. I'm humbled by Tracy's trust, uplifted by her example. And no, Tracy, you are not cuckoo. Quite the opposite as I think of this world we share. And as I try to visualize you, my listeners, and the faces we each might be passing every day, I am challenged, pushed to deeply absorb Tracy's experience. And as I do, I realize she has given all of us a charge to inventory our behaviors and to reflect on how we hear past what we see. She expands. People always say when you're a kindergarten, they ask the kindergartners, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a mass murderer and call everybody slippies and not hippies. Or, you know, I want to kill a bunch of people. No, who says that? I want to be a ballet dancer. I want to be an alcoholic. No, people don't say these things. But I think people don't stop to think. I look at people and I think, oh my gosh, that person is so strong. But when you talk to them, oh my gosh, they're so not. I mean, they're strong, but they, they're not what you thought. Uh, it's coming out wrong. Somebody always has something that you can connect to, I think. Like right now, I'm thinking I need to go home and say I'm sorry to my daughters for the fight we got in the other night or the argument or I don't, for their entire lives. <laughs> I don't know. It's so easy to forget to try to do like today I get, I get up and 
I'm going to try to do a little bit better today. Well, tomorrow I'm going to get up and be like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And I forget to try to be a better person. Because think about it. If people didn't forget, I think people would be nicer. We need to be nicer. It's so easy to forget, Tracy says, as she describes the effect we have on one another. A reference point that Tracy has most surely earned both the wounds to bear and the medals to present. A call to action, if you will, that can be carried forward in your daily living. And in this salute to Tracy, and as we enter Sidewalk Ghosts episode 63, I have two requests to extend. First, that we celebrate the memory of David in honoring Tracy's loss. And as we do, to share a collective pause for the heartaches we each may be hiding. And secondly, to fully take in the closing examples Tracy is about to offer. And as you do, to consider how you treat those you love, those you know, and even the strangers you pass by each day. Back to Tracy. I won't be able to say this without crying. It affected my life as my grandmother. She never spoke an unkind word. Ever. To me. She was there the entire time. Everybody else had gone. Yeah. My grandmother. Wow, Tracy, we're so grateful for the time you spent with us today and the vulnerability that you have extended to all of us. Um, Our hearts are touched. And I'm hoping that any of us that have had similar experiences can somehow have our wells filled a little bit from sharing this time together. Now, if you'd like to be a guest on Sidewalk Ghosts and share your story, it's pretty easy. All you need to do is go to the website, sidewalkghosts.com, navigate to the podcast page, On that page, you can find a form that you can fill out. Tell me a little bit about yourself or even easier, send me an email, say I heard episode whichever, and um, let me know that you'd like to share your story with the world. The Patreon, I've been talking about that a lot. It's going to be redone. In the next weeks to month, I'm going to be launching another podcast I think you're going to have a lot of fun with. Um, Surprise will be coming. I won't tell you fully about it yet, but it is coming. Sidewalk Ghosts won't stop as it's being presented right now on all these different podcast destinations, but there's more coming. So thanks for being with us. It's going to be pretty cool. Little hint, we're going to get to know the world a little bit better. All the comments, likes, and shares go a long way in growing Sidewalk Ghosts. Even visit the uh, Instagram page, and there's a lot of stuff going on there too that's a lot of fun and brings us together. So join us. Help us grow this thing. If you'd like to sponsor Sidewalk Ghost, the offer is still out there waiting for you to call in and would love to share something with you here. I know with a little bit more support, we could explode the mission of Sidewalk Ghosts. And to all of us, please never forget, your individual impact truly does matter to someone else in the world. See you guys next time.